Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And uh, this week we are going to be continuing uh, with the next installment of the, I guess it's the modern day MonsterVerse, uh, where we're going to be talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, but before we do that, Jeremy, um, did you have a good week uh, since last week's recordings? Yeah, man, it's been a busy week, and I just watched Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO Max and all that stuff, but all my coworkers are like, oh, I got to watch Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters. I'm like, oh, I want <sighs> to watch it in theaters. Lucky. And obviously, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, it's, it was a pretty busy week. Uh, last weekend, I was just like, oh, man, I just survived and made it and got really lazy, And but also wanted to make sure that you know we took care of podcast uh responsibilities especially for uh you guys the audience and so uh before we do talk about godzilla versus kong uh you know let's get into our usual podcast ritual where we do share either one movie or notable tv show that we want to share um with the audience so jeremy what were you watching the last week so you know how last episode we talked about there's something about mary and that being a comedy, uh, I actually had a also a comedy on my Netflix list that I've been meaning to watch, and it's called Waiting, starting starring Ryan Reynolds and Justin Long. Have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. Uh, how did you like it? Honestly, <laughs> I actually thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really funny. There is definitely some raunchy stuff in it. But I was Ryan like, Reynolds, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching it though, and I was like, "Ooh, I think Ken might like this." <laughs> hey, you're speaking my language when you said raunchy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, but I think I feel like it was a good mix of my humor at the same time and your humor. I think my humor actually might be more like deadpan humor, mm. and I feel like Ryan Reynolds does that very well, where he's saying the most bombastic like idiotic stuff, but with a straight face. Oh no, I, I totally enjoy that type of comedy. So yeah, this is right up my alley. If it's both raunchy and deadpan humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's such a like mundane premise, basically like about this guy that just works at a restaurant and you're basically just going through one shift of the restaurant. Uh, and the name of their restaurant is shenanigans. And that's pretty much what's happening in the, in the movie. Nice, nice. And you said Netflix. So I, you know what? I might try to watch that sometime this weekend because, you know, I'm always up for a comedy for sure. And it's early 2000s. So I think it's like 2004 or something like that. I want to say. Ooh, you, do, do we get the uh, the early 2000s soundtrack? <laughs> oh, you'll definitely get that, the feels for it for sure, especially with the the opening titles. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this feels uh, very early 2000s. <laughs> oh man i don't know man yeah. oh man you know what this you know what i you got you got me hooked i'm definitely gonna watch it this weekend then i would recommend it how about oh, you sure. would you watch well, this last week well you know what um i mean you know i think i mentioned it uh when we were recording our episode for the newsreel i i did get around to doing my rewatch of all the monsterverse movies but that's not kind of what i wanted to mention but i will say this you know in the process of getting caught up for godzilla versus 
Kong. Uh, one of the movies that I obviously did watch was Godzilla King of the Monsters. And, you know, within that movie, there was that, uh, do you remember that one part where they were basically revealing the name for, uh, was a monster zero at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh, it's, uh, his name is Ghidorah. And then do you remember that one scene where, uh, Mark Russell, who, uh, I forget the actor's name, but you know, the, the dad, of, the dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was like clarifying. He's like, go what? And then Thomas Middleditch's uh, character, Sam Coleman goes in a straight face, you know, deadpan way, just the way you were just talking about and, you know, he's kind of like dorky and everything in everything he does. He delivers this funny line that I completely forgot when I watched it in, in, in the theaters. So. So um, Mark Russell goes, go what? And he goes, well, she said gonorrhea. <laughs> and <laughs> and when, when that happened, I literally busted out laughing so hard. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I forget how good Thomas Middleditch's character is. And so all this to say, um, you know, with the podcast preparation that I had to do, I mean, Thomas Middleditch is, you know, he's, he's, he's a star of Silicon Valley and it's on HBO max. And I started rewatching it from season one and I had originally watched it um, through the first five seasons in its original run, like literally every week. Uh, but for whatever reason, when the sixth and final season came around, I literally didn't have time to to watch any of those those episodes. And I think enough time has passed where I kind of forgot some of the, especially like the later seasons, I started my rewatch. And so my goal is to eventually finish this, uh, the series, you know, get to that sixth and final season. And you know what? It was all because of, that's right, gonorrhea. <laughs> All right, that scary monster that you <laughs> yeah. do not want to get in your lifetime. No, not at all, not at all. But you know, I think if you do like deadpan humor, just like we were talking, I think you will like Silicon Valley because, I mean, yeah, the uh, some of the humor can be a little raunchy, but it's not in your face, and it's more like kind of deadpan. It's more goofy than anything, and obviously, it's kind of a um kind of a spoof of silicon valley and so if you kind of like you know tech humor and everything i think you're kind of into tech uh items and everything uh-huh. um i think you'll like the show uh i would give it one season and i think one season is all you need it's like 30 minute episodes and there's only eight episodes mm-hmm. you watch it the first season one day i actually watched the first half already in one sitting and so I was getting some of the feels from back in 2014 when it, when it first started. Um, I have a f- funny story to share with you, maybe probably offline if you do end up finishing season one. Uh, but we'll save that story for another episode. Yeah, man, for sure. And Godzilla, King of the Monsters, yeah, it wasn't the best movie or anything yeah. like that, but it did give us more action of Godzilla. And, you know, I think that made up for some of, godzilla's lack of screen time in the first godzilla 2014 you know yeah oh yeah oh no the action was uh was actually better than i thought i think because i didn't do like uh i guess uh, a rewatch of my own right before i watched uh godzilla king of the monsters i was kind of lost in you know the some of the storyline and everything and i watched kind of a late showing so 
I wasn't. I was kind of zoning in and out uh, during that uh, that viewing. That's why I completely forgot about that completely gold line by uh, mm-hmm. Tom, Thomas Middle Middle Ditch. So good. But Jeremy, uh, before we get into uh, talking about why we're here, talking about Godzilla versus Kong, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup. Where uh, last week in episode twenty three, we did talk about. Uh, that 1998 comedy, There's Something About Mary. And so uh, this past Tuesday, we ran our usual weekly real poll. And uh, do you want to share what that poll was? Yeah, on we ran a poll on our Twitter and on Instagram, right? Yes, we did. So, And that poll was, which of Mary's suitors was your favorite? And so a few of the choices were some... Guys, that definitely probably didn't stand a chance. Uh, we had Patrick Healy. We had Brett Favre. <laughs> we had Ted, played by Ben Stiller. And then Norm, who is technically Tucker for most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and surprisingly, with uh, 44%, the winner is... Patrick Healy with his weird teeth and weird mustache. Well, if anything, he was very persistent. He was basically tailing her the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I think the the creepiest thing I I forgot to mention is just that he was listening on her for like 24-7. I feel like if he didn't do that, because he is very much a guy guy in terms of very sleazy I think she would have forgiven him for that, possibly, if he was just more himself and didn't Ooh. do, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like if he, well, but the whole, like, um, you know, the thing with her brother, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would have, yeah, that's the, that's the main thing, man. <laughs> you know, he was going to say something stupid that would have yeah, offended yeah. her. Yeah. I mean, she was, our, I was amazed that she was, like, forgiving him for uh, the whole, uh, was that oh uh was it the exceptional people or when he was talking about retards yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm saying man like she's such a forgiving character that i feel like if he just got past that if he was able to empathize with her brother then i think he would have a chance and obviously but not listen on her 24 7 (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I felt like a lot of I I felt like a lot of his early work was done. He had a good foundation because he was uh, Quintanti. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Oh, man. Well, uh, what what was the result again? Sorry, (laughs) I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. We got 44% to Patrick Healy. And second place was actually uh, Brett Favre. Interesting. We probably had a lot of uh, NFL fans or maybe even Green Bay Packer fans uh, that voted uh, for Brett Favre. Or Vikings fans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I keep forgetting that he was a Viking (laughs) uh, quarterback for a little bit. Or that one random year where he was a Jet quarterback. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hell, I forgot about that. I know. So, uh, again, thanks, Jeremy, for... uh, you know, obviously uh, sharing the the poll and what the results were uh, from this past week. I wanted to remind everyone that every Tuesday following a brand new release, uh, our Monday release, I should say, uh, we do run these weekly real polls. Uh, we try to keep them fun, lighthearted, 
And uh, Jeremy, where do we run these polls? On our Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday at Weekly Real. Yes, sir. And so uh, let's get into the movie. I mean, this is why we're here. And so this week, we get the culmination of the last seven years in this modern MonsterVerse as we get an epic clash of the Titans in Godzilla vs. Kong. And so before we jump in and we talk about the movie, we want to definitely give a very big and major spoiler warning. And so, uh, yeah, we, we're going to be talking about specifics. We're going to do a deep dive on uh, some of our favorite parts of the movies and maybe not so favorite parts of the movies uh we'll definitely see i'm kind of curious to see what uh jeremy has to say about that uh so uh you have been warned uh definitely want to remind everyone to go see it in theaters if you can if it's playing in, at a theater near you and if you feel comfortable in actually watching a movie in the theater uh, at the very least definitely watch it on hbo max and so you have been warned so jeremy Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, did you have any uh, expectations going in or um, or did you want to share any of your first impressions? Either one. All right. Yeah. My ex- expectations going to the movie. And like I said last week, I gave it a little bit of a hint. Uh, I did not enjoy Kong Skull Island as much as I thought I would. I actually put it off for a while. I did not watch it in theaters. Um, I ended up just watching it probably last year uh, just online renting it one day or off of a streaming site or something like that and I didn't really like it I, I, I found it kind of boring in a way I didn't really like any of the characters and we actually touched upon that a little bit on uh, our episode of the newsreel talking about Tom Hilston's character and like I can't even remember any of their characters names so <laughs> So I'm just referring to them by their actor names. Uh, And yeah, I didn't really like Kong Skull Island. That's why I even told you, like, you don't need to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I obviously ended up doing so. And actually, I don't even remember some of the characters. I just recently watched it a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother didn't even watch uh, Kong Skull Island. And he watched uh, Godzilla vs. Kong with me and... He asked me, he's like, are these people from Kong Skull Island? I'm like, nope, that was taking place in the 70s. And I have no idea how to start. There's like a little references to Kong Skull, Skull Island, but nothing too crazy in terms of right. what, like you can't follow the movie. Um, but, you know, I, I liked the tone of Godzilla 2014. I actually liked that tone probably the most. It really right. felt like they were trying something different, something larger than life. With these monster characters, uh, it did. Yeah, Godzilla didn't appear in that movie too much. That was kind of the main complaint. But I actually found like the the human characters a little bit more likable as well. And then we got Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which the action was really good, but some of the characters just still fell fell flat. Mm. So yeah. going into Godzilla versus Kong. I honestly wasn't expect, expecting too much. I was expecting, you know, the similar action to Godzilla King of the Monsters and 
I didn't know if it was going to be good or not, especially based on the trailer, where it's like they were just playing this, uh, you know, hip hop rap music or whatever. And I was just like, oh, OK, we'll see what happens. Right. And so now that you've seen it, um, did it kind of, I guess, meet your expectations or did it exceed it or like, uh, how do you think it actually changed if 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 it did? Yeah, I had low expectations going into the movie. <laughs> so I this actually, um, I liked it more than I expected I would. Because even last week I said I, li- I was more anticipating uh, Mortal Kombat rather than this movie. Right. In which I still am. <laughs> but Godzilla vs. Kong I actually liked more than I expected. The pacing was better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters, the human characters are still... The weakest hit or part miss. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Hit or miss <laughs> with uh, some of them. I was yeah. actually... Like, some of the better characters, like... Um, what's the dad's name again? Some The Russell? Mark yeah. Russell? Uh, yeah, something like that. Mark Russell? Yeah, Mark and Russell. I, for, I forgot. And his, um, the mom wasn't there. Well, right? if you remember, the mom, the, the wife... She yeah. died at the end of King of the Monsters. Shoot, man. I hella forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, did she? I remember when, um, what's, what's her name? Eleven. <laughs> Millie Bobby, Millie Brown. Bobby Brown. Yeah. yeah. It was Madison. Written, yeah. Talking about her mom. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> did she survive or did she, did she just cut her out of this movie? But yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember too much of the story, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> of uh, King of the Monsters. I just remember liking the action. I just wa- like just watched it one time, but uh, I actually thought that the pacing of this movie was pretty good, and but it still had the s- similar flaws of the the human characters. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, um, I you know I did like that. I mean, just kind of what you were talking about earlier with Kong Skull Island. I, I felt like my biggest gripe with it was just it was just too goofy. Like it, it, I, it was hard to take it serious. I felt like the the tone was too light, and obviously they were trying to take some chances in the way that it was it, it was shot, you know, stylistically and everything. Uh, but then you know, if you compare it to the two Godzilla films, obviously you got much of a uh, much more darker tone more serious you know you just like oh you know you felt like there was something huge happening you know and i felt like godzilla versus kong had a nice balance between the two it wasn't Mm. too dark but it also wasn't too light i felt like the pacing just like you said was was good uh in that they knew when to kind of take their you know the foot off the gas um you know and just have you know like let the let the actors kind of do their thing you know just let the on-screen chemistry uh play itself out you got a little bit of heart in this movie and uh but also you you know you got the action you got the beautiful cinematography and so um yeah i i completely actually agree with you with a lot of what you just said so jeremy um now that we kind of established that we both, you know, overall like this film, uh, let's get into our topics. And so I kind of wanted to, uh, I guess, create a brand new segment. Uh, you know, we'll do a little bit of experimenting a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like 
that's what the freedom of starting our own podcast will uh, give us. And so this new segment I want to call binge or cringe. And so what that means is uh, I just wanted to ask you, what was one thing that made Godzilla versus Kong binge worthy? But I also want to ask you, what was one thing that made Godzilla versus Kong cringeworthy? And so let's start with bingeworthy. Uh, th- was there one thing that you th- liked about this movie? Yeah. So one thing that makes it bingeworthy, I think, is still Godzilla. And I always liked this design of Godzilla, just the way his arms are a little bit longer now, and he's <laughs> huge, and he's he's scary, man. And yeah. Uh, you know, I always like like everyone's saying, just him fighting Kong is what what you're here to see. And even though Kong never really interested interested me, especially because of Kong Skull Island. Uh, but one thing they actually did well in terms of upping the action in this movie was the way they use like the camera angles yes. in this movie because you know, you know everything's CGI. Right, so you you don't need to place a camera somewhere like physically. Mm-hmm. You can have you can have fun with your camera angles and have these like close ups of your monsters, and which I loved. And you you actually got to see like the expressions and the crazy angles of um, that they just these huge monsters they just fill up the screen. And literally, there, I remember there's this one shot when, when Godzilla is literally like standing over Kong and they're on each half of the screen. I was like, ooh, yeah, that's that's how to use that. Yeah, the, you know what? I counted at least th- three scenes where they got really creative with their camera angles. That's actually one of the things that I was really impressed about uh, because you know I'm kind of curious how they thought about like certain angles of uh, that they that they did um, because I felt like they maybe had like a drone or whatever it's like oh you know they were trying to like kind of map it out or whatever storyboard a little bit and they were trying to figure out oh you know this would be a cool angle or whatever this would be a cool angle and I felt like this movie had like a storyline where you could kind of play around with things like gravity or things like, um, you know, scale, because obviously you're getting this huge clash of the Titans. They're so much bigger than, um, you know, regular vehicles or just people in general uh, that I loved how, you know, there are scenes where it's extreme close up. You get to see, how, you know, like you're talking about Godzilla, see how mean he looks. You, you know, you see how how Kong is the same way, but, you know, they show a little bit of a lighter side. But and also, you know, they know when to kind of zoom out and kind of give that whole scene scale. You know what I mean? And so I completely agree with what you were talking about. Yeah, man. Just the I think they definitely upped the action in this. I know the the action was already pretty good in King of the Monsters. But the fact that they had like the power level differences also in terms of uh, their their fighting styles, Kong and Godzilla Sometimes I was like, God, screw Kong. Come on, Godzilla, hurry up. It's, you know, it's it's kind of like rooting. Um, I'm going to make a WWE reference right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, you know, like the Rock versus Stone Cold, man. You love them both. But I, for me, I was just like, all right, come on, Rock, hurry up, man. You got to <laughs> turn the tides now, man. 
And that, that was uh, the same way with the Godzilla versus Kong. Versus Kong, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that. And, I, and I'm glad that you, you know, kind of referenced what we were talking about last week. Because, you know, I remember you asking me, you was like, hey, you know, uh, do you have a Titan that you're going to be rooting for? I was like, oh, God, Godzilla, easy. And so, um, actually, kind of want to segue into my binge-worthy, um, I guess, moment and not really a moment, but my binge worthy thing that I wanted to bring up is that, uh, you know, with us rooting for Godzilla, I was like, all right, well, let's just get this Kong stuff out of the way. Um, because I, like you, you know, thought the Godzilla movies, I enjoyed them more than Kong, Kong skull Island. But from the get go, man, it was weird. I, you know what? I actually found myself rooting for Kong because I don't know. I, I just have this soft spot soft spot for underdogs mainly and i knew kong you know you're comparing him to literally the apex predator uh (laughs) (laughs) i had to do that i had to do (laughs) and uh uh wonder woman cheetah (laughs) just kidding (laughs) uh what's her name in uh the actress's name oh uh, kristen wig yeah kristen wig yep yeah, Kristen Wiig, the the real, the real, <laughs> the real Apex, Apex Predator. Predator. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. But uh, anyway, it was weird. You know, from the get-go, like in the beginning of the movie, I was like, damn it. I don't want to. Am I going to be rooting for the under uh, the underdog who's Kong in this movie? Uh, because it was weird. I kind of related with him because, first of all, the way the way Kong woke up, he was like, Ugh, he looked cranky and stuff. And then, like, he literally was, you know, he got up, kind of groggy. He's scratching his ass. I was like, dude, that's like me. And you, I don't know. I felt refreshed when he just stepped into that waterfall and he was, like, basically kind of taking a shower. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Dude, and I don't know if you remember this one throwaway scene, but do you remember that one part where Kong is just sitting on the aircraft carrier and he's got that big pile of fresh fish that's just right there and he's just eating and he's all happy? I'm like, dude. Kong eats sashimi just like I do. I'm like, no, why am I rooting for Kong? But yeah, I mean, we already knew he was such a badass. And so the thing that makes this movie binge worthy for me is the fact that they gave him a little bit of character. They they made him, uh, you know, they added a little bit of heart to his um to his storyline, his story arc and everything, you kind of felt bad for him in that obviously he's his own, he's the last of his kind, uh, especially when he did make it home. And I thought it was pretty badass that he ended up with an ax too. That was made out of uh, that uh, dorsal fin of a, I don't know what Godzilla like descendant or something like that. Mm -hmm. I I was like, Ooh, he got Stormbreaker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Dude. on my notes, I said, "Dude, I got Cor- uh, I got Thor with Stormbreaker vibes with this." I was like, "Damn, yeah. that's pretty He's good. Like, I need a, a, a what kind of weapon is it? The Godzilla killing kind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dude, I, I could I could still hear Peter Dinklage saying, "Stormbreaker," and then uh, Rocket's like, oh, "Sounds like a little much." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. I mean that that axe was overpowered, man. Dude, especially when uh, Godzilla uh, charged it up at, at the end. Mm-hmm. I they mean, did. Dude. They did an Iron Man two right there. They they uh, they pulled out like that. They early reference and then used it later on in the last fight. Yeah, they did, man. Dude, good catch. That was a good catch. 
But yeah, that was definitely my binge-worthy uh, moment uh, for Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, do you have a uh, cringe-worthy uh, thing that you wanted to bring up? So I would probably say the story is was predictable. Like as soon as it started, I was like, oh, here we go. We're, we're setting up the building blocks for something that we've already seen before. It's very much a disaster movie, mm-hmm. but with Godzilla and Kong. Because you also got, um, I, I feel like the most cringe worthy thing is it's the same story we've always seen with the, the evil antagonist uh, businessman who's trying to like make weapons out of Godzilla's power or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you already know that's not going to work. <laughs> and But they always try anyway, and then they get their karma by the end of the movie. So it's like... Uh, yeah, it's like we we already know what what's gonna happen. I felt like that was the most boring thing because you have to sit through some of the stuff that yeah you already know what's coming. Yeah, definitely cookie cutter uh, in terms of the villains. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but for um, what was his name Walter Simmons? I think. Yeah, yeah. I felt like whenever he was talking, it reminded me of, um, <laughs> of whatchamacallit from Wonder Woman 1984. Maxwell uh, Lord. Maxwell Lord, yeah. <laughs> like the way he talked, I was like, hey, dude, that's Maxwell Lord from Ni- Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, but you don't get that uh, Pedro Pascal of gravitas about him. I know, exactly. He was just literally like a cheap, like, uh, cheap version of him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I really wanted to add to that, actually. My cringeworthy, uh, I guess, thing that I want to bring up was that, in addition to that, I was not a fan of Ren Serizawa's character. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I mean, who, you know, for those of you who remember uh, the first couple of Godzilla movies, uh, he's actually the son of Ken Watanabe's character, uh, Dr. Ishiro Serizawa. And uh, if you remember, that character, Dr. Serizawa, was always... He was literally the biggest Gojira fan. Dude, and he was the best He was the best human character in those movies. Yeah, dude. And obviously, I was sad when I had to rewatch him sacrifice himself to, to revive Gojira mm-hmm. um, in King of the Monsters. And so I was like... I was like, I was like oh, dude, Serizawa, is that... Is that is that his son? And yeah, because I was, you know, obviously trying to figure out where his character was going to go. And so I was very disappointed because you would think that the biggest uh, Godzilla fan like Dr. Serizawa would kind of instill that in his son. And it didn't make sense to me that he would be a villain, you know what I mean? Or one of the villains, I should say, because I mean... So did he think that Godzilla killed his dad? I'm just trying to figure out like his character's motivation. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it it just felt like it could have been some random guy. They could have just put any other character in that role, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have made sense. It's like like you said, it it kind of came out of nowhere. It's like right. is this like Harry from from uh, Spider Man, where it's like oh. Spider-Man killed my dad because I saw him next to his body and all that. Oh, stuff. I know. Yeah, he he laid him on the couch or whatever. <laughs> and so, and it's weird. I mean, because you would think that um, his dad would just literally talk to talk about him like 
all of his life growing up, you know what I mean? And that would just automatically be a fan. You know, it's like being a fan of a, a sports team, you know what I mean? Like you keep that going on for, for generations. And so, you know, that he was going to like kind of sacrifice himself. So I don't know why he thought that Godzilla killed him or whatever. And so I, I was just very disappointed that Ren Sirizawa just ended up being a glorified Pacific Rim driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that was, yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. That was disappointing for sure. Yeah, because like if 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 it were up to me, if if I would have like had his character in the movie, and I wouldn't have mind if he was in the movie, I would have just have him be like you know an employee of Apex, and maybe he just didn't know what was going on, uh, what Walter Simmons and his daughter were up to or whatever, and um, you know he later finds out, then he ends up you know you know you know, contributing and helping out Godzilla. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. It didn't even need to be complicated. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's just like, like you said earlier, cookie cutter. So it's like, oh, we need another guy to be in this, the, like you said, Pacific Rim chair for the Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. And no. then they just in, inserted him. So. And, and you know, what's crazy. Like he had a pretty good look to him. You know what I mean? I felt like he could, they could have done something more with his character. So uh, just disappointing, definitely cringeworthy for me. Uh, Jeremy, let's get into our uh, last topic of, uh, of, of the episode. Uh, and so, I mean, we've basically got like the culmination of four movies, uh, be, you know, with these Titans, with Godzilla and with, uh, with Kong. And so, uh, moving forward, where would you want future Godzilla and Kong movies to go moving forward in the MonsterVerse? So, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. I would like them to go into the future, actually. Because we don't know how long like how, uh, how long they, these monsters actually live. But I would like to see them go into the future and collide with the pacific rim universe yes <laughs> because because like like the weakness of these movies have been the humans and on and in the pacific rim universe what makes those movies good is it actually has good human characters behind the huge giant robots so i feel like if you have humans with their jaegers uh, you could create a better human story while still having Godzilla and Kong oh, and have man. them in the fight also. Dude, I am so glad you brought this up because I did read uh, that. Uh, I think it was like an article or something like that. With that Pacific uh, Rim, it was an uprising director, Stephen DeKnight, and he him wanting to do a crossover. I'm like, oh, please do that because... I didn't really know anything about Pacific Rim when I first watched it. I just went in literally cold turkey, didn't watch the the first trailer or whatever, and I really enjoyed that movie. And then, the you know, obviously they made it into a a franchise. And I mean, they already kind of set up set it up with the Mecha Godzilla in terms of having someone you know them wanting to drive it, and you know humans being you know just dumb or whatever as a civilization and wanting you know they have their them having their own agendas and everything where they could go up against these titans and they you know obviously they can introduce them but i completely agree i am so glad you mentioned that yeah because just imagine you have a the like gypsy danger or something versus like with godzilla and kong versus like something else that would be sick but even if they just verse each other that would be awesome 
I feel if like anything. That could, oh, good. Sorry. Because I feel like if you just put Godzilla with the Pacific Rim universe, that already fits all together. I think in the next movie, if you just have those two together, that would make a good movie. Just leave out Kong for now and then mm-hmm. put in Kong again later in like the subsequent movie. Yeah, no, no, I totally understand. I mean, I don't know. Like, I have a little bit of a hybrid. I feel like with Kong, you could still do another one-off movie because I feel like uh, now that he's like basically the alpha um, in, I guess, Hollow Earth, I feel like you could do another solo Kong movie to kind of set that up. And then I think like maybe the next movie after that, then you could do some sort of like crossover or maybe even before that with the, before the crossover, maybe you could even have it so that Godzilla, I don't know, does some sort of, and here's another WWE reference, man. Maybe he does a heel turn, man. He just, he ends up just like back, you know, just turning his back. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a version where Godzilla is actually a villain. Isn't there? Oh yeah. I mean, there's all types of Godzilla's pretty much. And you got the, female godzilla in uh 1998 with matthew broderick (laughs) (laughs) just a lizard dinosaur thing yeah yeah so i feel like if they ever do decide to do a pacific rim uh crossover with the monsterverse i feel like they they need to kind of set it up do you do basically what they were doing with these uh first three movies before uh godzilla versus kong just start spreading those and dropping those breadcrumbs you know what i mean because i feel like uh that would be the next big kind of team up sort of type movie in i don't know i'm starting to get hyped for the monsterverse even though i really have only gotten into it the last week (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they need to come out with another pacific rim also like to set that up yeah And, and see if they do like one of each if they have another Kong, another Godzilla uh, solo movie, another Pacific Rim. Dude, that's three more movies. And I think by the time that crossover comes out, it'll be around, what, six to eight years or something like that? Mm-hmm. Maybe around, even a little bit longer, eight to ten? Mm-hmm. Around the same time that they took basically for this movie. Yeah, right. I mean, they had the seven-year gap, and so... Oh man, I'm I'm pretty pumped if they end up like trying to, you know, letting those pieces fall into place. That'd be great. That'd be great. So Jeremy, we're at that part in the podcast where we obviously want to involve the audience. Uh, we definitely want to include them because this is who we're doing this for. And so, I mean, uh, this week's audience question is, who is your favorite Titan? Godzilla or Kong? And so, I mean, you guys have heard, I mean, you already know where, which way we're already leaning towards and so uh please get back to us let us know who your favorite titan is uh jeremy uh do you want to let them know how they can get us their feedback so you can reach us reach out to us on twitter and instagram at weekly real or you can actually uh email us if you wanted to on our email or gmail gmail or is it fmail uh might be hotmail you know i actually saw the other day someone actually said oh uh can you reach out to me on my aol i'm like i guess <laughs> actually I, you know i don't even know if you even know this one there was one where uh recently for sure like at work there was someone who had an at lycos.com 
that was basically uh i guess poor man's aol back in the day damn that was but yeah bad. what's up what's our email ken <laughs> our real email is weekly real pod at gmail.com all right jeremy let's take a quick break All right, Jeremy, we are back. And so, uh, Jeremy, we've reached the part in the episode. We're actually we're actually going to be doing this for the very first time. We're actually going to incorporate our weekly Reel Awards on a brand new release. And so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how this works out. Uh, you know, we were trying to keep things fresh here on the Weekly Reel Podcast. And so uh, the first award that we want to give out for Godzilla versus Kong is the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award for Best Action Scene? And uh, for those of you who are MCU fans, this uh, Does Anyone Want to Get Out quote is from Captain America in Captain America, the Winter Soldier uh, in that famous elevator scene. And so, Jeremy, who is your winner for the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award? My award or that award would go to Godzilla versus Kong in Hong Kong. That Ooh. that second fight scene, Dude, I think, would be my my favorite action sequence of the movie. I think um, just that the level of destruction that they were causing, just the two of them. I was watching them, and I was like, "Man, these guys are crazier than uh, Man of Steel." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, they obliterated Hong Kong. <laughs> Just every step that they took was like a whole like building came down and a lot of people died, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Plus, uh, with that scene, I thought it was pretty cool because, you know, you get the Hong Kong lights. I like how... The lighting obviously just lit up the characters in, in, in a different way, gave them that neon look. Um, and so it, it made it look pretty cool, kind of like synthy, like our, our theme song. Yeah, that, that 80s cyberpunk type of vibe with that, that pinkish, purplish glow to them. And just the way that that fight escalated and they went back and forth. Like like it was obviously staged because people actually animated them. It's like a WWE fight where they just kept going. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> back and forth. And it's like, oh, Kong with another. Off the, off the one building. Yeah. It's like. And I, I'm glad it ended with <laughs> Kong, uh, with Godzilla's foot at, on Kong's chest. <laughs> Dude, it looked like it hurt, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even right a little right before it, when he was scratching uh, Kong's chest or whatever, I'm like, oh damn, that looked like it hurt. You know those uh, those scars are gonna continue in future movies. Yeah, man, it better. I'm gonna be like, hmm, cont- continuity or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that word is. <laughs> How about you, man? What's uh, your best action sequence award actually you know what actually you're talking about the second one uh i actually am a bigger fan of the first encounter uh between godzilla and this is the one uh, godzilla and kong and it's the one at sea with the aircraft carriers because i don't think i've ever seen a an action sequence kind of like that where they ended up using the uh, aircraft carriers as just like jump off points for the most part it was pretty cool very creative it's kind of crazy because it's like, uh, can the 
aircraft carriers actually hold those two giant things up? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, hey, you know, water, you know, it's very buoyant. <laughs> because it's like a surfboard, but then to, to like Kong. But if you put both of them on it, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. And uh, we, we should probably do some sort of science experiment with that, you know, with scale and everything. But uh, I just, uh, for me, the reason why I, uh, I, I like this one just a tiny bit more than the Hong Kong one was because, I mean, I love the lighting with it. It, it kind of gave off like that golden hour kind of look. Uh, the cinema, it was so beautiful. The cinematography was, uh, was so gorgeous. And, and you touched on it earlier. The CGI, um, was actually some of the best CGI that I, I, that I can remember it. It was really good. And that one scene, I mean, you were talking about it at the, at, at the top of the episode with camera angles, there was that one part of this scene where, you know, they're obviously tussling, right? And you get that first up close shot and, you know, you're like, holy crap, this is, this is going down. You know, you could see the, you could see the scent, um, you could sense the scale of the battle. Uh, and then later it then just, it just pans out to that wide shot of Kong with that huge haymaker that you could feel that, uh, I'm surprised that it didn't knock out Godzilla, which was crazy. But then it went back to this weird kind of up close struggle thing. And then remember, uh, Godzilla was kind of loading up that uh, atomic breath. And then all of a sudden it just quickly just whipped out to that extreme wide shot. And then you could see it going up into the in, into the sky. I just like, oh, damn, this is so mm-hmm. beautiful the way they shot that. And so that's the reason why I chose that one. That's a good one for sure. Yeah, definitely when they're fighting on the aircraft carriers, jumping from like different ones and then they even go into the ocean at some point and i mean it just ends with kong almost drowning also so i'm like oh yeah godzilla won again oh, nice. yeah yeah exactly godzilla won so I mean, that's also <laughs> a, a huge point and they're like oh they, he should just uh have everyone play dead or whatever i was like ah, i don't know if that'll work but mm, okay yeah i mean i don't <laughs> Not- know why i guess it's like submitting to godzilla and he's like all right yeah i'm the godzilla it's like like tapping out like from uh from like a wwe finisher (laughs) yeah yeah it's like just just let him be right yeah that ankle lock you remember from kurt kurt angle yeah i i always felt like everyone kicked out of that but (laughs) (laughs) but there's it's the the one thing that i remember with the sharpshooter but i felt like every time the rock did it he did it so horribly i'm like (laughs) that's what made the the rock sharpshooter memorable because it doesn't look like it hurts (laughs) (laughs) i know he just literally has you by the ankles and that's it yeah yeah oh man but yep it, 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 it our wwe references will never quit so um hey enjoy them <laughs> oh man so you know what let's get into our next award and uh you know what? let's give out this uh this award that we haven't given out yet for season two it's called the yinsen award and it is for most underrated character and for those of you who are fans of iron man yinsen is who we think that was very instrumental in the development of Tony Stark as a character. And so he's very underrated. And so we decided to name our underrated character uh, award for Yinsen. And so who's your Yinsen award winner? 
So my Jensen Award would go to Josh Valentine. Uh, which was basically the kid from Deadpool 2. <laughs> I, I, dude, it was bugging me for a while. I was like, dude, why have I seen this guy? And I had to cheat and go on IMDb. I mean, like, out of all the human characters, um, I mean, Rebecca Hall's character uh, was also in Iron Man 3. <laughs> also, it's like all these people are from superhero movies, but uh, yeah. I just felt like he was the funniest one. I, like, the podcast guy was... was uh, he was funny sometimes, kind of cringy yeah. at points yeah. as well. But I always felt like Josh. I didn't know his last name was Valentine, but yeah, Josh. <laughs> he was. Uh, I thought. I thought he was a little bit underrated just because he was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, plus, like, he was the one that weakened the Mecha Godzilla by him pouring like the the liquor on the thing, which oh, yeah, was kind of dumb. That that was horrible. I thought that was cringy. I'm like, come on. Yeah, it was really dumb. But hey, he got the assist. It was like he came in with the with the chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, it's like just cheating, right? Pulling out the chair from under the stage and mm-hmm. knocking out Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, dude. And yeah, just led into that uh, cool tag team moment between uh, Godzilla and Kong when charged up that axe. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way we got there wasn't, eh, it was all right. But uh, that was actually one of the ones that I wanted to bring up. But thanks for mentioning Josh because he was definitely a good comic relief for sure. Uh, my winner for the Instant Award is actually Gia. And, uh, you know, I feel like obviously she was the real kong whisperer even though they had uh, rebecca hall's character on that magazine as the kong whisperer I'm like uh, no anyway um i, I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier in terms of kong's storyline i felt like she was the key cog in terms of bringing a little bit of heart uh to uh the kong storyline give it a little bit more depth um i was actually surprised that um, she had really good chemistry with both Eileen Andrews, which was Rebecca Hall's character, and Nathan Lynn's character. Um, it actually worked for me. And, you know, I I just thought it was pretty good, especially, you know, since, considering she's actually deaf in real life. Um, and so I, I thought they did a really good job in, in incorporating her um, as a character. And, and side note, I don't know about you. This is kind of random, but... Dude, I thought Nathan Lynn's character was always going to do a heel turn for like the for really? the majority of the movie. <laughs> From watching the trailers, I thought he was going to be more of a macho man type of character because you know it's uh, Alexander Skarsgård and he's a yeah. tall dude and he played Tarzan and all that stuff. So, so I didn't expect him to be playing like a a teacher doctor type guy. Yeah. A little unexpected, huh? But yeah, yeah. For the longest time, I was like, "Dude, he's gonna turn on uh, Rebecca somehow." Uh, Eileen Andrews. Yeah, yeah. I did like that that character development at the oh, which I actually thought was a, a bit funny and touching was when he was like, "You're brave," and they called her a coward. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, thought that, that was, was good. pretty funny. Yeah, that was definitely one of the uh, parts of the movie where I actually laughed out loud. That was actually really good, and so that was actually one of the reasons why. I thought she had really good um, chemistry um, with, especially between the three of them, and, and obviously Kong. So, um, yeah, good job by Gia. 
So, Jeremy, let's move on to the next award. And our next award is the Why is Gamora Award uh, for favorite quote. And it is our favorite quote from Avengers Infinity War from Drax the Destroyer. And so, Jeremy, uh, so Jeremy, what was your favorite quote and winner of the Why is Gamora Award? So, there wasn't actually too many quotes that I thought of or for this movie. But it, I do, one stands out was from uh, Eileen Andrews when she says, uh, this won't end until one of them submits. I'm like, all right. And all every time Kong submitted to Godzilla and at the end, you know, when the sunrise was uh, setting, or oh, not setting, when it was, the sun was rising at the, at the end and then Godzilla and Kong were like looking at each other. And there's just that look of respect. But of course, Godzilla was like, "I'm getting the last roar, though," and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks out. <laughs> and then he walks out. Dude, it, it was totally like WWE. It was like Stone Cold and The Rock. <laughs> right. <laughs> the entrance right? music is playing in the background. They just had their beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then w- one of them standing on the stage, and one of them standing like under the big screen. And then yeah. they finally, one of them finally walks out. Right. <laughs> then you don't see the other one for like a year because they're like shooting a movie or whatever. <laughs> right. And then they have like the crappy like USA show that comes on right after. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the WWE reference is so good. Uh, you know what? My winner for the Wise Gamora Award is actually, um, I mean, you talked about Bernie earlier. It's technically a Bernie quote, but... Uh, it's actually a collaboration with he and Walter Simmons. And I'll actually preface this. So, I mean, we're, uh, I think we're both fans of the Incredibles, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how they're talking about the <laughs> villains when they monologue. Well, <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. This is actually Walter Simmons final scene where he's monologuing. And so, uh, he's monologuing about this. He goes, this is how we as a species win. You see, 10 years ago, when Gogeta was first revealed in the world, I had a dream. And in that area, I saw one thing. And that beautiful, amazing thing was. And then, obviously, he turns around and sees uh, Mechagodzilla like, on his own. And he's like, oh, shit. And then, obviously, he gets killed. And then Bernie goes, man, it's unfair. I really wanted to hear the rest of that speech. <laughs> Now, now I'm curious what he saw, man. <laughs> I know. I was like, dude, I wanted to know also. I was like, dude, Bernie, just literally, I, I can relate. I, I, I actually wanted to see, <laughs> see what he was going to say, but obviously we'll never know. Yeah, freaking cliche villains in their speeches. At least he didn't <laughs> finish it this time. Exactly, exactly. I wonder what the, uh, the writers actually have in mind for that, obviously before it got cut off. Kind of yeah, curious yeah. now. Something for the director's commentary when this comes out on Blu-ray, right? Yeah, on four-hour cut on HBO Max. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes! <laughs> the Snyder Cut with more slow motion. Godzilla versus Kong, Dawn of Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> the Ultimate Edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. But we digress. Uh, You know what? Let's give our next award out, Jeremy. Uh, It is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. And so, uh, I mean, obviously, that's the huge culmination of all of the 
the Infinity Saga uh, at the final battle. Uh, who is your winner for the Avengers Assemble Award? Yeah, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but it's when Godzilla almost kills Kong, and then it's like just roaring in his face for like five minutes, <laughs> and yeah. then then Kong is like roaring back and all that stuff. I just thought, I'm like, man, that's awesome. Just seeing those two together, just battling it out in Hong Kong, and just just the the alpha like the alpha predatorness of them just coming out awesome. i think you wanted to say apex predator <laughs> yeah almost <laughs> but i didn't want to bring it up again <laughs> yeah not, not I hear you. <laughs> Randy, no I it, you know it's yeah. pretty crazy when they were uh when they were both uh just like yelling at each other dude you could see both of their spit going like you could see it from their mouth i was like damn that's intense and that's probably a lot of hot breath, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Especially from Godzilla, atomic breath. Yeah, the atomic breath, man. Uh, that definitely a good scene, man. Especially with uh, after that crazy, just I don't know that high impact fight that they had with with uh, what you just said. They just leveled all of Hong Kong. Uh, honestly, I don't even know how long it would take to rebuild that city after those two uh, fought that second time. Pretty uh, one, crazy. One nitpick I just want to mention really quick. Remember when uh, when uh, Madison, Josh, and Bernie are in that like fast moving elevator thing or whatever? Right, ship? the monorail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like, man, how did they not like pass out or whatever? Don't they need like special suits or anything like that? They just like woke up and like, oh, we're here now. I'm like, what? You just traveled like across the whole world to Hong Kong, and then. You're just there now. It's like, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, that was. Because, I mean, they were talking, I mean, they showed like the, the miles per hour was like 615 or whatever it was. But I felt like it needed to go faster for them to arrive as quickly as they did. And it definitely, they should have been feeling it more. They Like, remember that one scene where uh, they were going into the hollow earth and then they had that one crazy interstellar like uh <laughs> <laughs> like scene where it felt like it hurt right mm-hmm. i felt like they should have done that yeah because it just uh, like th- that team the kong team i would want to say actually went went through all that crazy stuff but madison's team was just like oh we're taking the elevator there <laughs> and we're gonna just take a nap <laughs> yeah then not like none of them throw up or whatever no side yeah. effects i know yeah. i know well plot holes <laughs> yeah but what was your uh avengers assemble award well, mine was more uh, because it was so gorgeous. Um, it, I mean, I kind of touched on it just now when they were uh, following Kong in the heaves and they were going and making their way to uh, Hollow Earth. I love the visuals and the camera work. It, it They got really creative with um, like it looks like they're falling, but then it looks like, oh, they're rising. You know what I mean? And I just thought it was pretty cool. Um, to have seen that, I wish I had seen that the first viewing on like a giant movie screen, whether it's in XD or IMAX. So that's one of my regrets in not catching that first screening in a, on a large screen. Um, because man, the visuals and camera work, the, and the camera angles were so beautiful. And I, I loved the way they depicted hollow earth, uh, at the end, uh, like, you know, when, when he finally arrived there 
And, you know, he was, you could tell, obviously he was excited because, you know, he was like excited to see the potential of his family and his home world and everything. And so, uh, that's pretty much my winner for the, uh, Adventures Assemble War. Uh, did, did you like that scene? Yeah, I thought that was a good scene. I actually thought it almost feels like they're setting up another Kong movie in, t- mm-hmm. in Hollow Earth. And you set up a little bit of lore. It's like, oh man, where did that, that, uh, acts come from and you see all the statues of other like possible descendants of kong or you know what i'm saying like just old family members that and uh you know i feel like they're setting up another movie with with kong for that you know if if they make a a kong like hollow earth type movie uh but they use kind of like uh kind of the look and feel of Godzilla versus Kong. I think I would be more excited about it than what they did with Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope. At least I hope if we if we get like more human characters, I would really just like to see them keep carrying over human characters because I'm getting kind of tired of getting new human characters every movie. Yeah, I know. I it, I, I was actually kind of surprised that they brought back Mark Russell and uh, Madison Russell, <laughs> but mm-hmm. Mark Russell barely had a role. He was just barely there. It was weird. Yeah, he was like, oh, where's where's 11? And then that was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did want to give a quick honorable mention. Uh, it was uh, actually when they were still in Hollow Earth. Remember um, when uh, Maya Simmons, uh, Walter's daughter, um, she was a horrible character, by the way. Remember her, <laughs> her and her team, uh, they already got their sample. They already beamed it up to, to the surface, to Apex. And they were just trying to escape. And do you remember that one scene where... Um, Kong ends up catching that heave that they were in. And I like that one, that little small detail where he's like looking in that heave. And I felt like he was looking to see if Gia was in there. Really? When he I saw, didn't notice that. Yeah, dude, dude, watch it. Like he literally grabs it, sees and checks to see if Gia's in there. Obviously she wasn't in there. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, it's Maya Simmons. All right, let's crush this thing with my one hand without any like effort. And I just thought it was pretty cool that they, they did that and they implied that. And that, mm. that's at least what I got from that scene. I see. Yeah. I mean, that was still pretty like ruthless, but yeah, I was like all these human characters, whatever. Let's just mm. kill. All. And I knew when she ran into that one, one heave or whatever, I'm like, yeah. And without any of the other good characters and like oh, it's you're over. dead you're dead <laughs> we know the how this goes like i said it's predictable for for the bad guys in these disaster movies yep yep i just wish they would have done it better anyway i digress well jeremy we have now finally reached uh my favorite part of the episode and i think it's your favorite part of the episode where we have bragging rights and obviously you kicked the shit out of me in season one so you are the season one champ and I'm doing my best to turn that around here in season two. And so we are going to play the guest Rotten Tomatoes score game that we have. Uh, we wiped the slate clean after season one. And uh, so far in season two, I'm having a little bit of redemption, but I want to make sure that I build that lead. So, so far it's two to nothing. I'm up. And so Jeremy, do you have a guess? Yeah, I do. But I do want to mention, since we've talked about WWE so many times, man, we should get a belt. <laughs> we should. <laughs> a weekly real belt. I think we should. And you know what? Obviously, it should be in your house, right, uh, for all of season two. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever's the winner of the season gets to hold it until they lose it type thing. Dude, I'm down. Down. We, we should <laughs> Offline, we should look for a belt, and, and we'll definitely get one. And you know what? We'll probably post it on our, our social media, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But my guess for Godzilla versus Kong is going to be 78%. 78. Oh, okay. So... Um, I'm I, I'm actually gonna go a little bit higher than that. I think this was better received. I feel like Rotten Tomatoes probably gave that an 86, and I hope mm. I'm right. It'd be nice, it'd be nice to start off three nothing. So let me go ahead on RottenTomatoes.com. I made sure that I avoided it like the plague because I know it's probably on the front page. Same, <laughs> same. Because I think it's number one movie right now. And with a tomato meter of 75, Ooh. it looks like the season one champ has gotten on the board. And so nice. Dude, you're cut the lead in half. It's two to one. Two to one. All right. And actually, uh, the audience score, it's, we're going we're reverting mm-hmm. back to season one. Uh, I was actually closer on the audience score. And so we basically fl- flipped the script from last week. Uh, the audience score is a 92. Dang, that's pretty high. Yeah, that is pretty high. And so, again, two to one going into next week. And so uh, we'll get into next week a little bit later. Uh, before we do that, let's give out our final award of the, uh, of the episode. It's the... I love you 3000 award where we give our rating, our personal rating uh, for Godzilla versus Kong, a rating of one to 3000. And so Jeremy, uh, what rating would you give it? So I gave Godzilla versus Kong a 2130 out of 3000. So that kind of translates to 71%. So that's, that's kind of how I uh, rated it and how I got my Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, I, I liked it, but I probably didn't like it as much as other people. And like, that's how I came up with 78. But yeah, I gave it a 71%. Curious. Um, you know what? I think I gave it a higher score because maybe because I, I was invested again in the whole MonsterVerse. I actually watched it all the way through in order. And um, honestly, I probably would have rated it probably around your level if I would have just <laughs> went in cold turkey because like I wouldn't have been invested in in all of the storylines and so um, I guess my rating for Godzilla versus Kong is actually 2500 which is 83 ish percent and mm-hmm. so I feel like that actually honestly has the potential to go a little higher if if I end up watching it in the theaters. I feel like this is a, definitely one of those you have to watch in the theaters. And I feel like, I think if you watch it in the theaters, I feel like that'll probably raise your score a little bit, score a little bit more too. Yeah, I agree. That, I think if I watched it in theaters, the experience would have been better. Uh, I can enjoy it more when, you know, people aren't just walking around, smashing around dishes. My cat isn't scratching my couch next to me. And all that stuff, yeah, it's, it would definitely be a more immersive experience. But uh, I still feel like there are more improvements to the MonsterVerse movies that could be done. But overall, it's still a solid action like monster movie. I agree. I agree. Uh, Jeremy, before we end the episode, uh, did you want to preview next week's episode, episode 25? 
Yeah, next week we'll be talking about a movie where two Japanese students are linked in strange ways and slowly learn about each other's lives in the anime movie Your Name. So, this is going to be kind of crazy because we've never、uh, did an anime movie here on the Weekly Reel. And honestly, I'm not a huge like, anime movie person. I, like, I feel like this is the movie that got me into watching some anime. I'm not an anime expert by any means. But I know, Ken, have you seen any anime recently? Anything? Not recently, not ever. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. Even as a kid, it's like Dragon Ball Z was technically an anime, but it didn't,、okay. I didn't think about it as an anime when I was watching it,、um, even though it technically is. But this movie, it's, I feel like it, the story is something that it doesn't matter if it's like an animation or it's Japanese, it's, it's going to be a bit of a wild ride, I feel like. Yeah, you know what? And、uh, I remember you were mentioning this as a possibility for season one when we were talking about a list of movies. And this is actually the main reason why we started this podcast was because I really wanted to branch out、uh, from my own comfort zone and watching、uh, different kinds of movies. And this was definitely one of them. I mean, it's very limited. I, I, I'll take it back. If you're counting Dragon Ball Z, I remember watching one movie in the theater. <laughs> And I, I never even really watched the show.、Uh, and so it's very limited in terms of my exposure with anime. Who knows? This may actually、uh, jumpstart something for me.、Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to next week because this is something completely new to me. Yeah, this is definitely something that it's going to be the most out there in terms of what I'm sharing with you this season. I think this is going to be the most different out of the, our two seasons so far. Hey, man. I definitely can't wait. I definitely can't wait to finally watch something.、Um, and、uh, I know that there's a couple of offerings、uh, that we had talked about on HBO Max. And so it might lead to that. So、um, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I'm definitely excited. So, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week? Yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me at Weekly Real. But Quite frankly, I don't post that much. So、uh, if you want to reach me, you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, JP Flicks. Yes, drop a comment, drop a like,、uh, a like throw that thumbs up. And more importantly, subscribe, please.、Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. He, he's definitely, he puts in the, the work. And so definitely support him there.、Uh, for me,、um, I am just on Instagram and Twitter mainly. Uh, I'm at FreeKenA, and that spelling will be in the episode notes. And so, Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong before we close out this episode? It was definitely a lot of action, this,、uh, this movie, and a lot of WWE references this episode. <laughs> and that, that combination, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I had a really good time watching this movie.、Uh, I think just for me, The surprising thing was how well this was shot, the different angles, the cinematography. It was a pleasant surprise. And so I definitely recommend this,、uh, mainly in the theaters again,、uh, but definitely catch it on HBO Max if you can,、um, especially if you have watched the previous three movies in the MonsterVerse. And so,、um, on behalf of Jeremy, I want, definitely want to thank you all for listening and supporting the Weekly Real podcast. And we'll see you next time. 
on The Real. <laughs>